So let's start with Mars Exalted and Capricorn. This is just one of the most interesting placements for me to, to discuss. And you know, we're talking about rulerships. We're talking about the most natural position for a planet where it's at ease, it's at home, and it's just there's a natural grace to the way it flows. Mars and Aries, Mars the god of war, Aries rules war. It's a perfect fit. It's it's just natural and simple. The exaltations aren't. In many ways, they're they're counterintuitive. And in many ways, they're not as natural. I think Mars and Capricorn is a perfect example of that. And what I glean from this is that being in an exaltation position doesn't actually mean that it's easy or natural, but that the will of the planet through being in that sign is able to express itself even greater than it can in its own natural state, where the, the true desire of the planet through possibly an uncomfortable placement is actually able to get more of its essence out through an exaltation placement, even than through its natural home sign. So... Mars, simplest example, uh, Mars, like I said, god of war, god of fighting and winning and, and racing. In the first sign of Aries, which is about war and fighting and competing, it, it's just a natural placement, extremely physical, it's extremely fast, it's extremely non-reflective and, and, and aggressive, and it's just it's just so harmonious to have the football player on the football field, the warrior in the battle. You know, it's not the warrior in the kitchen or the warrior in the, the dressing room or the, the shopping mall or something like that. It's in his natural home. Mars exalted in Capricorn, in a lot of ways you think, well, wait a sec, Capricorn is all about slowness and delayed gratification and long-term rewards and planning and plotting and discipline and restraint. That's not very Martian. You know, Mars wants to go and act now and do now. Capricorn really wants to plan and stick with it for the long haul. Mars-Saturn aspects and squares can be very frustrating. You know, if Mars opposing your Saturn or squaring your Saturn by transit, that's usually a couple days when you're just, you're just feeling really frustrated and stuck and not at ease with your athleticism and your energy. So initially, again, you think having Mars and Capricorn uh, it feels the same way. And, and guess what it does? I used to think about this in terms of there's a movie called Bull Durham back in the day that was about a young hotshot pitcher. It was a baseball movie. And he was a sort of wild, crazy pitcher who could throw real fast, but just had no discipline. And so the manager brought in Kevin Costner to be the catcher, to kind of mentor the guy and, and rein him in and, and discipline and all this heat that this guy could throw to really turn him into a masterful pitcher. And that kind of positive combination between the mentorship of Saturn and the energy and the and the, the potency of Mars in the proper order of balance, that can really be a beautiful thing. And again, in that case, it's a good example of, of this pitcher who is potentially really wild in the way that Mars can be and strong but wild. Now he was able to sort of refine himself and temper himself into much more than he would, would have been otherwise. And they're great example, again, from the film world, there's two movies from, I guess, 10, 20 years ago right now. Gladiator was one of them with Russell Crowe and uh, the, the HBO series Rome, which I think anyone who's involved with astrology or mythology at all should watch Rome several times. <laughs> it is such a rich, even from the opening credits and the way that the the gods are animated in the stories and the, the mythology is brought to life. It's just, it's so well done and it, it just gives such a wonderful flavor of how the mythology and this really religion, not a mythology for them, it was a lived practice religion for them 
was so integrated into their lives that the gods were not some kind of uh, abstract thing to read about and, and get on with your your life. Uh, they were totally part of your of your everyday experience, and and the prayers and the sacrifices were much more intimate and personal and concerned with you know living your life rather than kind of an abstract philosophy the way the Piscean religions and certainly the Aquarian religions were now can be. It's just such a rich, rich, rich display and 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 there's the lovely sort of matter of factness about the way they talk about the gods and the way they 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 ritualize them and connect with them regularly. It's absolutely wonderful to watch. So total plug for HBO's Rome. But in both Rome and in Gladiator, for whatever reason, the opening scene depicts the fantastic Roman army fighting the barbarians, some barbaric tribe. This is a really perfect example of of the relation between Mars and Capricorn versus say Mars and Aries. The Roman army was famously disciplined, famously disciplined. They had a practice called decimation, uh, which we still have the word, word in English today to decimate. Uh, but what it meant for the Romans was if somebody deserted or somebody screwed up, they wouldn't just punish that person. They would kill every 10 soldier. They'd line them all up. And then the general or whoever, the, the leader of the troop would kill every 10th soldier, whether they'd done anything or not. That's an incredibly harsh punishment. But can you imagine a more effective way to get the Romans to discipline their own? You know, that you're not going to, if your buddy is thinking of deserting, you'll probably kill him before you'll let him desert because you don't want to have a, a one in 10 chance of getting killed yourself with, you know, a bunch of other friends. So that kind of self-discipline, self-restraint, which is brutal, but incredibly effective at creating the discipline that the Roman army was known for. And then in these opening scenes, first of all, you have the, the superior technology, the armor, the weapons, the, the headdresses and, and so forth. But then the formation of the soldiers in both of these opening scenes. They're, they're really worth watching to get a sense of this. Uh, the formations, they're not just charging ahead willy-nilly. They're sort of step by step by step, locking the shields. They've got different practices. Someone's blowing the whistle, like to call the different moves they're supposed to make. And uh, through just tremendous restraint and discipline, they're, they're unstoppable. And then you contrast that with the barbarians, who are maybe a little bit overplayed with how barbaric they are with the long hair and the kind of the braids and the, the jewelries and the the face paint and stuff like that. But you have to look at these barbarians and say, these guys are wild. They're very martial. They're very aggressive. They're very militant. Uh, but they have no, they don't even have anything close to the discipline of the Roman army. And so it's just so easy for the Roman army to sort of trot all over, just completely conquer these wild Aries-based Martian fighters because they don't, they don't have the discipline to compete. And so going back to the planet Mars and his goals of winning and and victory, which is really what he's about, yes, the the natural uh, manic fighting spirit of just bravery and, and raw testosterone, that's a wonderfully, again, a natural and, and almost a pleasant way for Mars to express himself. But if Mars really wants to win and to dominate, Putting himself through the paces of discipline the way the Roman army does uh, and demonstrates in those opening battle scenes, that gives him a kind of victory that is much more assured than the kind of hopefully he'll be stronger than the next guy. You know, you can imagine two of these barbarian tribes, neither of which is very disciplined. You know, whoever's the biggest and the baddest uh, and the fastest probably wins. And that's that's kind of how martial competition uh, works. You know, if you're bigger, you're stronger. Uh, OK, you're probably going to win the, the arm wrestling match or the race or whatever. But when you're talking about, especially something like war where the stakes are much higher than like just a, a running race, if you really want to dominate, you need to, to discipline and temper yourself. And so 
for the astrology, when you think about Mars in Capricorn and his position as exaltation uh, in Capricorn, Mars is able, through the discipline of Capricorn, to achieve much more than he ever could, even in his more natural placements of Aries and, and, and even Scorpio. So I think it just it, these exaltations and these demarcations, the denotations of sort of special places for the planets in the chart, uh, again, you experience them in your own birth charts and then through transit, you know, periodically in the skies, there's so much wisdom in our in in guiding our choices and our values and our, our understanding about the nature of nature and the nature of our nature and how the different parts of ourselves express in their strengths and their weaknesses and and what they show us about our own lives and about our own in this case our, our own aggression through mars but as we go and we look at venus and mercury and the other planets in the same context as well uh, we'll see also how through the exaltation process planets who are strong elsewhere are even more than they, they could be in their natural placements through their positioning in an exalted sign. So that'll be a fun thing to look at. It's something I spend a lot of time just in a quick assessment of somebody's chart just to see, you know, what their mix of exaltations, rulerships, falls, and detriments are to give a sense of sort of how their how natural their personality expresses what their gifts are and what, what their challenges are in life. And it's a very kind of matter-of-fact approach. It's, it's, it doesn't require a whole lot of interpretation in terms of complicated aspects and, and integration. It's just kind of very simple shorthand, but there, there's so much information and, and wisdom and guidance that you can you can lend to people by showing them where their strengths or weaknesses are just from a purely uh, old school astrology, essential dignities model. And, you know, I very frequently I'll, I'll talk to people about this, particularly people who have some kind of Mars-Venus afflictions or just difficult um, placements for Mars and Venus where the, where the gender doesn't seem to express naturally when they see they've got, you know, Venus and Scorpio and I know people with Venus and Scorpio and Mars and Libra, which is just two extremely difficult placements for the basic male-female sort of sexual gender planets. And, uh, you know, when you kind of go over that with them and say, well, this is why your Mars doesn't necessarily feel right or it's challenged or it doesn't sort of operate in the normal way. Like, oh, that makes so much sense. And uh, and it's, you know, one of the gifts of astrology is to show people in a compassionate, not even compassionate, sort of a matter-of-fact way, this is how you're built, you know. If you're born with Mars in, in, in Libra, you're going to have a certain kind of experience of your 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 aggressive nature and your and your your masculine nature and if you have Venus and Scorpio and a certain expression of your female nature that may not be harmonious and congruent the way other people most other people you meet are and the fact that you feel weird about it there's a reason for that that's part of your archetypal patterns and, and just that understanding that, that people's challenges in life are linked to these larger cosmic patterns that are that are impersonal and objective, but also personal as well. Just the fact that you're connected to these patterns, I think, gives people great comfort, even when there's not an easy solution. It's not like I can tell someone they've got Mars and Libra and then all of a sudden it's not a Libra anymore and now they're they're full of energy and they're they're full of confidence and they're, you know, all of a sudden they can run a four minute mile. It's like, no, they're just it's still in Libra. But understanding the stories and by that I mean the mythic context around it, as Viktor Frankl says, you can you can live with it. As long as there's some kind of teleology, some kind of meaning and direction to your experience, even if it's an experience of incredible suffering 
that ability to put it in the context of a right brain, temporal bound, unfolding story, it's an amazing gift to people in terms of giving them the resilience they need to kind of get through difficult experiences because they're able to contextualize it, detach from it in a way and still own it at the same time by saying, okay, this this connects me to a primordial pattern that is beyond me, that has meaning just by virtue of the fact that it is an archetypal pattern, just like Chiron, the fact even though Chiron rules really unhealable wounds and the cruel suffering of, of a sort of life, the fact that there is even a Chiron archetype and a mythology around Chiron, even just the fact of that existence can give comfort and, and, and assuage from the pain that, that comes with Chiron because all of a sudden it's not a meaningless, cruel suffering. It's a meaningless, cruel, Chironic suffering that has meaning all of a sudden. <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's an amazing gift of astrology to, to know that the, the universe and the cosmos has thought about this. We're not just out here on our own, you know, on a limb and God, how did this happen to me? And what, I don't understand why the universe would be so cruel and whatever. It's like, well, no, this the universe has kind of thought this out, you know, and and you're part of its expression this way, even though it's not comfortable, it's not random, and uh, and there is meaning, even when the meaning is that it's meant to be difficult and it's meant to be uncomfortable, and the fact that you're experiencing a diff a difficult aspect of let's say Mars and Libra, the fact that that exists is what allows you know Mars and Aries to exist as well and all the strength that comes with that. And maybe you've got a strength somewhere else. Maybe you've got, you know, Jupiter and cancer or something like that. But that duality and that contrast is required to have the great strength. So we require the weaknesses someplace so that we can have the strength somewhere else. That's one of the, the very un-PC, un-Aquarian aspects of astrology that a lot of Aquarians and Uranians want to kind of push to transcend and more power to them on that. But there's a kind of just so nature about this. It's like, yeah, that, that does suck. If you've got a difficult Mars placement and part of you really wants to express a very uh, dominant Mars and you just, you can't seem to find that with your Mars and Libra, that does kind of suck. You know, yes, you've got progression. You'll get over it at some point of your life. It'll move on to Scorpio or whatever. But, but our, our goal is not necessarily to make the problems go away. Our goal is to, to work with them, to, to continue to mine the richness of their lives, regardless of what obstacles or challenges there are and see them in the larger context that allows us to, to find meaning in our lives, even when, when, when things don't line up in, a, in, in an easier, natural way, but yet find purpose in a larger sense that the, the, the universe is not random, that there 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 is value and there's there's lessons, there's teaching and there's wisdom in experiencing the whole thing, and that we are undeniably a part of that. And astrology, I think, when you when you delve deeply into it and you experience your chart that way, shows that almost better than anything. That's been my experience. So I hope to impart and share some of that with you and help you to extract much more meaning from your lives and, and with your challenges and your opportunities to get the most out of them and to to face them head on in a way that gives you courage and, and the strengths to, to really make the most of your experience here.